welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. You know us. We're your partners in wine, crime, and time. And also, like, watching things. Because I feel <laughs> that That's is what, what we are we, now. Really what we are here for you for. <laughs> Among everything yes. else. Yes. And just a quick trigger warning up top before we start today's episode Today's episode will discuss suicide, and if you are thinking about suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Yeah, and I also know that there's a, a, I think it's 988 is a new three-digit code that uh, they're doing for that too, so if anybody needs that just to have in reference, yeah. Yes, and if you need to skip this episode, we 100% understand. We will see We will see you next week, uh, because I don't think I want to talk about this woman any more than this episode, too. So especially, we will just see you next week. Yes, yes. We will be talking about Teal Swan. Um, she is the focus of the uh, documentary on Hulu called The Deep End. It was originally a freeform documentary. Now you can watch it all on Hulu. When I saw that, I was like... My Pretty Little Liars channel is getting into the crime talk genre? I was a little shocked. I did not know that that was like their programming. But I mean, I guess everyone is everyone is jumping on. I was surprised. And you know what? It's funny that you say that because as I was watching this, I kept kind of like forgetting that I wasn't watching a TV show because I feel like just the way, I don't know, the way it was like shot and the way it was lit it didn't feel like a traditional documentary. So that was a little bit like, huh? A hundred percent. Also, if you are like me and you have the uh, basic Hulu, it really felt like a TV show because I think there was a commercial every five minutes. Oh my God, yeah. It really, really, yeah. (laughs) My sister-in-law, whose account I use, does not pay for commercial free and I wouldn't either, so that is no shade, but it's like, wow, that was a lot of commercials. It was a chunk of time. It it doubled the deep end of duration. (laughs) It did. It did. So we're going to talk about the documentary, but also just about Teal Swan, who is like the figure at the center of this. And also the cute frog cameo that really made my my viewing of it enjoyable. A frog cameo? It was the, the uh, for that. 0.2 seconds, it was a cute frog that <laughs> ate a worm. So oh. has something for everybody, this documentary. <laughs> Little something for everyone. <laughs> but so from her website, Teal Swan was born in Santa Fe, New Mexico, on June 16th, 1984, at 7.42 a.m., and I like that she leaves it all out there on her website, her sun sign, her moon sign, like, everything is there. She really wants everybody to know, because it's also, it's not like she's like, all of that, and she's like, no, people want to know this about me. Her entire being is right. her being like, everyone is dying to answer the questions of my life. I'm also pretty sure that she's a Gemini rising if her birthday's June 16th. I think so. I think so that is Gemini. Just sit with that info. Two-Face. E says that she was born Mary Teal Bosworth. So before you say like, oh, wow, what a cool name. Um, yes, I don't think that was her given name. No. But she was born in New Mexico. She grew up in our favorite place, Utah. Uh, uh. Yes, the hackles, they are raising. <laughs> and Teal claims that she was born with extrasensory abilities. These include things like clairvoyance and knowing things through ESP, apologize if that's the same thing. And she said she could also like channel the departed and- And not like streaming the- <laughs> like, 
she met exactly. she's like no my 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 night tv channels had the departed on it so yeah. Uh, yeah we i also uh am clairvoyant yeah and she said she could also kind of like intuit people's emotions and like feel what they were thinking hmm. yeah and she said because of this her mom took her to multiple therapists and she was diagnosed with all types of mental illnesses from borderline personality disorder to bipolar disorder to schizophrenia and she said because of these abilities, she was targeted for abuse as a child. And here's what's kind of wild. She says in this documentary that this like 60-something-year-old guy who claimed to be an alternative kind of medicine practitioner took her on the weekends, which really just reminded me of abducted in plain sight. Yeah. And she says that she was abused by this man, like physically, sexually, multiple times throughout the years, and it drove her to feeling suicidal. And then she also says that she uncovered in a repressed memory that she was a member of a satanic cult. That part got, I was like, what the fuck? I wanted so much more information about that because that really came out of nowhere during the documentary. Yeah. And in fact, the description of her book says she suffered 13 years of ritual abuse at the hands of a cult. And on the Gateway podcast, which we'll get into in a second, but um, that was kind of the first big podcast Mm -hmm. going into her and her practices. She said that a veterinarian recruited her to be in a cult when she was a teenager, and she witnessed the sacrifice of at least two young children. Uh, Crazy, if true. And yeah. It, basically, this actually ended up getting taken out of the podcast because it was kind of deemed too like graphic and upsetting. Which is understandable. Totally. Because that podcast was from The Ringer, right? Was that uh, Gizmodo? Gizmodo. Maybe yes. it was. Maybe The Ringer is like one of their properties or something. One of those. I feel like every brand is owned by one brand now. But yeah, truly. <laughs> but the thing about these cold memories is that they were uncovered during sessions with Barbara Snow, who was a controversial figure. In 2007, there was a Salt Lake Tribune article about how the government was investigating her. And this article said that she, quote, allegedly imposed on them, I guess them, her patients, false memories about being sexually abused and being subjected to military testing. Which is insane for someone to do. Yeah, I think this is why, like, uncovered memories can be very controversial, if not done in a really, like, controlled setting because i think there there was just like a big scandal when first repressed memories kind of came to be known then it also came out that certain therapists were kind of implanting people with false memories almost kind of like a not like this sounds very stupid but like almost like in a hypnosis way like just convincing them to believe something that isn't like True, like mind manipulation in a sense. Yeah, or just like even kind of leading questioning. Yeah, because I know there's that EMDR therapy that I think is more legitimate, but this does not seem like that at all. Yeah. Was that the one they did on Real Housewives? Yes. 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 The eye movement thing? Yes, because it's supposed to like enter your trauma center Mm -hmm. somehow. I do not know that far. I just know that detail. Yeah. Yeah. So the government actually dropped that investigation against Barbara because she agreed to go on probation. And when Teal was 19, she moved in with Blake Dyer, who we see a lot in the Deep End documentary. And he kind of later became her head of operations, like number one confidant, mm. all that. Don't you think it's kind of insane that the government was just like, okay, you're on probation now, it's okay? When it's like, I feel like the thing she was being accused of kind of like surpass a probation. 
Yeah, I mean, what do I know? <laughs> but true. Yeah, no. And so she and Blake had a romantic relationship for a year, but they continued working and living together. And, and like I said, he kind of is like her number one guy for a very long time. And uh, yeah, and they uh, she talks about all of that in it, and it kind of just really goes down the rabbit hole, just kind of show where she is and where she takes this business to. Which I kind of feel like the first episode, if you guys watch the Deep End documentary, I feel like the first episode is kind of all about that and kind of growing from there and everything like that. And I also, I don't, Sarah, did you know about her really before this? I think I had maybe heard of her, but like, I don't think what I had heard was really like the whole picture. So no, I mean, I hadn't heard no, very much. I didn't either. So that's why I know usually where I always kind of say the first episode of uh, documentary is kind of like the first pancake where I'm like, I don't really need any of this. But this background, I actually did kind of appreciate just to get a greater understanding of who she is. Agree. Yeah. Because I think like we're not in that wellness kind of <laughs> spirituality like section of the internet. But if we no. were, I'm sure we would have encountered her. I know like shouting mania, like housewife memes and honest vocal coach who I love, this British huh. middle-aged woman who just reacts to people live singing, which is kind of a oh, glorious, that, 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 she's my Teal. So yeah, but Teal started doing this like energy healing sessions at a new age bookstore in Salt Lake City called the Cosmic Spiral, which does make the Cosmic Spiral, it's not surprising to me that this is something that they would have on their uh, monthly agenda. You know what I mean? That they're like, yeah, I'm like getting my healing sessions. It'd be weird if she popped up somewhere like a Duncan to do this. But at a <laughs> Cosmic Spiral, I feel like no one would be batting an eye. My God, imagine if at Duncan you could get like your sugary iced coffee and an aura reading. They would probably be like, you're stressed and tired. And everyone would be like, yeah, wow. <laughs> you got me there. Yeah. So she took on this name, and I'm all for fluffing up a resume and a cover letter, but she called herself the Spiritual Catalyst. Okay. And with that, she founded a company called TLI in 2012. Which is funny, because I was reading this, and at first, like, I was just going off the subtitles at Netflix and, or Hulu, and they wrote TLI, so that's what I thought the company was, (laughs) like the initials, but it's TLI. The subs get you sometimes. But yeah, so with the founding of this, she said, the job is to carry out my vision. So it's all about like just this vision that she has that she's going to be like this uh, spiritual leader for all these people. And she started doing that. She kind of went right into it. Yeah. So with this, when she founded the company, they started doing like weekly, I want to say YouTube videos and they were called Ask Teal. Mm -hmm. And they kind of like immediately pretty went viral and got very popular. And that's kind of like when I think she realized like, oh, I am like a person in this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's kind of became, she kind of started to become notable like in this in this realm. Yeah, because she said she like never wanted to go into the spirituality business. But I'm also like, that's what you would say <laughs> if you wanted to appear super humble. Yeah, she was like, I stumbled into this. I wanted to be like, what was your like, di- what, what did you want to do then? Yeah. She's like, you know, I really wanted to do accounting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess she accounts souls now, so what? Yeah. Kind of. And here's where she would have lost me, too, because she developed this completion process, which is 18 steps. It's a lot of steps to remember. There are some Saturdays I don't even walk 18 steps, so I can't (laughs) really really get this going. (laughs) And it incorporates some of Snow's teaching, so already uh, calls for alarm. And Carl... uh, Young's shadow work is that how he I took AP psych I should remember how to pronounce his name more correctly (laughs) and the process involves like 
<laughs> psychological. This is, this is my own description <laughs> of it. This. this is not what she calls it. But like after but watching so this real. documentary, this is what I perceived it to be. So Sarah, please illuminate <laughs> what you say it's like because it kind yeah. of is accurate. Because I don't want to put those words in your mouth. I kind of just felt like it was like psychological improv. Like one person would relive their worst moments and the other person would kind of play out their like parent or like the authority figure or whoever kind of was in opposition to them at that moment. It was a lot of, yeah, role role playing was a major thing in it. Yeah, in a way that I'm like, there wasn't really any like, talking about how it made it was just a lot of like acting out and rehashing very painful shit yeah people got really emotional they would be like crying and and everything that's what i almost was kind of shocked that all of it was being filmed but i guess like they were like i guess they all really supported teal Mm -hmm. and this documentary really wasn't like i don't think she i mean i know for a fact she did not expect it to turn out the way it turned out so um i think she probably was really gung-ho on telling people like you know it's gonna be good that it's gonna be filmed etc 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 well it's interesting because she agreed to both this the gizmodo podcast and also this documentary they followed her for like three years i think for the documentary Mm -hmm. so it's not like they were kind of filming around her or doing it without her participation um she's a very willing participant overly willing she was in every part of it like she yeah yeah every single thing So she also, along with this process, made a book called The Completion Process, The Practice of Putting Yourself Back Together Again. I mean, I love the Janet Jackson song, Together Again. Mm -hmm. Just listen to that if you're feeling low, and it would probably pump you up a little bit uh, healthier ways. So a little bit of the description is that the completion process invites you on a profound journey of self-exploration and self-restoration to reclaim the lost parts of you and return to a joyous life no longer inhibited by the past or terrified of the future. Uh, drawing on her wide range of extrasensory abilities, including clairvoyance, clairsentience, I don't know what or that clairaudience. Means. I didn't know there were so many clairs. <laughs> There is a there is a restaurant I know called Claire's Cornucopia. Shout out to New Haven, and I mean it's really putting uh, there we <laughs> a, go a run for its money. So yeah, Claire sentience, sentience is like when you can feel things, right? Yeah, so it's perception of what is not normally perceptible. Okay, so it's I'd kind like of like Santa gift. Claus vibes, I guess. I, he you know? he so, knows when you're awake. Yeah, exactly. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for teal sake. Uh, <laughs> and Claire audience is like hearing the inaudible. Okay, that actually sounds like it would be a hassle. That sounds like a hassle, and I feel like it's what like every parent has. Until you like are trying to get their attention, and then all of a sudden they can't hear. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just my dad. <laughs> I feel like maybe like 60% your dad, 40% everybody. Yeah, right. a little mix. So all these Claire's that she's got, none of them can pierce her ear, but I digress. Uh, Teal <laughs> offers a revolutionary 18-step process for healing any past hurt or present problems so you can learn how to create a haven in your mind where it's safe to re-enter a difficult memory, validate painful emotions, let your feelings shift naturally towards relief, and close the memory of trauma and begin a new life. Which all that stuff does sound like, I mean, like, on paper, it's things that people are, if someone's going through something, it's like, oh, I want to do that. Right. I mean, this seems fine. Like, I don't know. I would never, I would not really need this, I feel like. Mm. But like, you know what I mean? 
I'm so I'm so team prescription. I'm just like, <laughs> just give me the pill. <laughs> Let me just go to CVS and solve my problems. I'm like, no, pharmacy. I'm just gonna tweet about it as a joke. That's what <laughs> awesome. I'm. Do- that's my 18 step process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you would be like the like the tweet end. Yeah, that'll be your yeah. documentary about this. It's two steps. It's you have well, it's three steps. It's you have the thought, you type it out, and then you hit send tweet. Book coming go. to Amazon soon. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, to her credit, unlike Sarah's uh, three step process, which is pretty easy, <laughs> she does warn people that the process is difficult and going to be a lot. Um, side note: she also just is like kind of. I feel like. This isn't shocking anybody. She believes in reincarnation and crystals and all that jazz. And sometimes, you know, I fuck with a crystal shop. So I'm also, you know. Yeah. Good vibes. They're cute. They're pretty. Yeah. I'm into it. They're cute. And also, because kind of this is why, like, I was sort of shocked I didn't hear about her that much before. She really has a social media following. So Mm -hmm. that's like where a lot of this grew from. Like over 600K on IG. She has over, in the documentary, she got a plaque that she has over a million YouTube subscribers, I know I checked this morning, she's at 1.31, so she's on an upward track still. I will say, I think the reason I haven't heard of her is because I do not go on YouTube. Like, I never am on there. See, I love YouTube, but I usually just watch, like, live performance videos of, like, people, which is really great. I love that. And also, like, home tours. I love that. But also, it is interesting that she used uh, SEO, which, I mean, for any person who... I feel like it's very hard not to know what SEO is in 2022, but if somehow you do not, it is search engine optimization. So it's kind of like people can, would she would pop up if people Googled sensitive topics like depression, suicide, addiction. So, and a lot of times, if you're Googling something like that, you are probably looking for answers or looking for help yep. in regards to that or looking for help for someone else. So it kind of almost strategically gets people at a weak spot for her. Mm-hmm. And she acknowledges that like a lot of, I think most of her followers are like really vulnerable people. Oh yeah, exactly. They're very and like yeah. So she kind of is in on that and does seem like she has some connection with them. And her followers are a lot of people. Her YouTube videos have over like sixty million views, which is so many. And she also claims to heal past trauma through spiritual guidance and techniques. Like she's been everywhere too. She hosts retreats. They film some of those. Yeah. Gives public talks. Well, has written so so many talks books. Talks were wild. There were like thousands of people. I can't estimate, but that's what it looked like. So so many. It little. It looks like a Comic Con crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so seriously. Her curveball retreat has a five hundred dollar application deposit, and that's just the deposit. I'm pretty sure she even said that costs like five thousand dollars. Some retreats do. Yeah. Some of them are a lot. I mean, those are yeah. like. It gave me nine perfect stranger vibes because it's like nine, ten people like mm-hmm. in this wilderness sort of woodsy area and like doing this one-on-one work with one female guru. Oh, exactly. So I imagine that's expensive. That's what I meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, a lot of her advice obviously is focused on people who are depressed or having suicidal thoughts, etc. And she does say that her intention is to build a company so large and so unstoppable that nothing can come up against it besides freeform. So much of her talk is company talk, which I understand is like having a business, but like mm-hmm. when so much of your stuff is dealing with emotional heavy stuff, it's weird just that your thing is to be impenetrable. Yeah. Especially in an industry that I feel like develops too, because you realize new methods and new things to do and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like, 
who do you think is trying to stop you? I mean, it's her, the haters, as she calls them, but it's kind of a weird thing to say about a company. Yeah. Another interesting thing is Refinery29 says that she doesn't want to be rich, just famous, which... Catch me always on the flip side of that. I know. I Right, literally. I think she said something about how she wanted to be, like, bigger than the Pope. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, okay, that's a weird... You go from, like, a health wellness thing and you compare yourself to the Pope. So... Yeah, I guess it's interesting because you don't hear people admit stuff like that very often. No. And also, especially when I'm like, you don't really admit anyone saying that, like, I want to be the Pope. Yeah. I would think kinda, in a wellness spirituality respect the motivation you would expect to hear would be like i just want to help people i just want to heal the world exactly and i think she does but it comes also with the like i want to be so well known so i can do that she wants to be everywhere and everything all at once yeah so (laughs) and with this her belief is that she's helping people uncover repressed memories which is a controversial concept in psychology And she says that planting false memories is not only unethical, it's downright dangerous and goes against everything I stand for, even though the person that she kind of worked with uh, did that or was accused of doing that. But I digress. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) She knows how to refute a claim. Oh, yes. She does it a lot. So in popular culture, obviously, she's big on social media In 2018, Gizmodo came out with a podcast called Gateway. Teal said the podcast sensationalized her. And in a blog post that was called Their Lives in My Hands, My Life in Their Hands, which is like a very YouTube-esque It real Oh, such clickbaity where they're like, well, it's over, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, And then it's like, I finished my last French fry today (laughs) from my order. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, but I fall for it every time. I know. But so the Gateway podcast did actually focus on the death by suicide of one of her members, which we'll get into in a bit. And so in this blog post, Teal compares herself to Osho, a.k.a. Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. And that is a deep cut for you all because is, he is the mm-hmm. cult leader from Wild Wild Country. Wild Wild Country. Yes. Great, great doc. And so she writes in this post, quote, People like myself who are leading a spiritual movement, we live in terror of situations like Osho got himself into. We live in terror of being unable to control what other people in our following do and don't do, but being made responsible for it, end quote. And I mean, the thing of that is like, it wasn't just some random person in Rajneesh Puram who tried to poison an entire town. It was his closest advisor, so... (laughs) Yeah, and also the fact alone that she is like already like linking to cult energy with <laughs> with her own blog post. Yeah. Yeah. So and as we said, the main reason we're talking about this is because actually in March 2022, Freeform came out with this documentary, The Deep End, and the filmmakers followed her for three years. I have to also have to say, yeah. shout out to whoever picked the ending music of each episode, because it was really fucking good. It was good. And I can't Google I don't know how to Google any of the songs. I'm trying to do the lyric. I literally was just going to say, I'm going to put my phone next to my laptop speaker. I'm going to be busy after this. Okay. Do it. So if you kind of watched the full documentary, um, Teal claimed that some of the events in the final episode didn't happen, saying, I can't even believe this sort of deception and misrepresentation is allowed. 
Yeah, she is posting YouTube videos mm-hmm. about this now. And she posted a video about the, the Gateway podcast as well. The director of the documentary told E! News her response to the series aligns with how we've mm. seen her treat others who leave the group or disagree with her, crafting narratives to discredit those with alternative perspectives to her own. She's out here poping. Not saying the Pope does that. I'm just saying that right. that is. She's trying. She, when she compares herself to the Pope, she's not going to want a lot of discourse against her. Yeah, and he kind of added that his team was quote transparent with Teal and her team about the editing process and made clear throughout production that T- Teal or anyone within the group could ask us to stop filming at any time. And the other thing too, like with this and the podcast, was like she was involved in all. All steps, like from the beginning to when they're asking follow-up questions at the end and things like that, like she's participating. It's not like she kind of pulled out halfway through and was like, I'm done with this. So they also like cult stuff gets brought up in front of her on this. So it's not like she's like, can't be like, what? No, she's definitely not a stranger to being accused of being a cult leader. No. But I mean, that is the main, I feel like, crux of this is like, this should be, maybe it's Freeform's new game show. Like, is it ah. a cult? I love <laughs> just that. Cult leaders going to try to defend how it is not a cult. I even like that there was like, a, was it was it the Refinery29 article? I know that she was like reading an article even on the doc where it's like, can, fe- can women be cult leaders? Oh, she yeah. It. Girl boss. Yeah. It's 2022. I know. I'm like, yeah, let's have equality for who can be psychologically manipulative. Yeah, we did that one called with that woman who like. Oh, with the with the with the Christmas, Christmas lights. Yes. Christmas lights. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. yes, ladies, gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. Right. That's what it is. The three G's. Yeah. yeah the three G's. <laughs> and I'm not talking 5G service. We're talking the three G's. <laughs> so Teal does admit that she does not look up to anyone. And says, why should anyone be above me? <laughs> I mean. Yikes. I mean, this is like when one of the guys is like sort of questioning, like, should I listen to you when you don't even have anyone that you look up to? Both. You should never like fixate too much on one person to be, but you should have at least aspirational heroes. Even just make someone up. If you also think like uh-huh. this. Just make someone up. <laughs> just say like Martha Stewart, even though like she always has stuff going on. <laughs> Mainly, may, not even talking about the whole jail thing. I feel like animals are always like dying on our property, and I don't really understand where she lives. Yeah, where, like, why coyotes does can just appear. Have pet peacocks. And why does she film like have in memoriams for them? On she's she very is out there. Yeah, I definitely saw that post and was kind of like Martha. I don't think you should have had these as a pet to begin with. <laughs> Mainly that. I'll say that much. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Back to the deep end. Sure, digress. Because uh, right then, Sarah, we were off the deep end, but watch as we dive in. Ha! <laughs> Look how far it took for us to get to the shallow. <laughs> so she says, I can misuse my power. I can take my skills and ruin someone's life with that. But says that she has to be aware of it, so she doesn't do that. It's giving, like, when someone's like, no, I can be a bitch, but I like you, and it's like, no, yeah. you are mean to me. <laughs> no, you're so right. So, like, she just also, like, the casualness that she says that she could just, like, get the, like flick of a thumb like be like that's not a phrase but like can ruin someone's life right yeah it's like i can do that but i'm not going to because i'm so ethical and it's like exactly yeah so she counsels people on suicide but doesn't have any education and just uses her like quote-unquote extrasensory abilities as like her reasoning that why she is an expert of this which is very cause for concern 
And also, like, even in the documentary, there's so many, like, her whole, she has, like, this whole thought process on suicide of being, like, she tells people to, like, picture doing it and everything like that, which just seems very, like, counterintuitive, at least in my opinion, and I feel in a lot of other people's opinions of, like, what you should be saying to people who have these ideas forming in their head. Yes. Yeah, that's a big point of contention. Yeah. One guy named Jared moved in with her, built her website, and wasn't paid other than room and board. He was a former member of the inner circle. And as he was leaving, she said, if I were you, I would just go ahead and kill myself because there's no hope for you. This is something that he alleged in the documentary. That she said, yeah. And there also, this part was really, I feel this is uh, when the woman who was investigating her too was like, it's given cult. Yeah. (laughs) Because she has these lists and it kind of reminded me, I guess it didn't, I don't know if they wrote it out, but the amount of rules that like Nexium had about like their family and everything like yeah. that. She had a list of non-negotiables that you have to agree to in order to join the inner circle. Sort of like Yikes. the plastics. And one of them is like, if you want to have a normal life, do not choose to be part of the inner circle. She says that you can't have normal boundaries, that you can't talk to like your family or partners, that uh, Teal is the most important person and she makes her inner circle promise that any partners they bring in it will agree to the non-negotiables and also that the women agree not to have children. Yeah, they filmed them coming up with these sort of rules yeah. and so the women kind of all came up with that spontaneously, it seems. It's also interesting that it's like the opposite of like how other cults work where they're like, oh, once you're in here, we want you to have a lot of children to grow the cult and they're doing the opposite. That's true. Yeah, I think they just didn't want to take a gamble of, like, raising someone who might be resistant to the teachings and then forcing people to kind of leave or choose. Or, like, someone having a child and being like, where, what the fuck am I raising my kid in? I'm getting the fuck out of this. Right. Yeah, and I guess to back up, too, if you didn't watch the documentary, I mean, obviously, like, thousands of people go to these seminars and things, but there's, like, an inner circle that she works really closely with. I think it was, like... I don't know, six people maybe? Six. She had a manager, like an assistant, and then like a few other like advisors with that. Yeah. And the, and the manager used to like manage tennis players? Yeah, that was weird. Sure. Yeah. And also with that too, like to kind of add to the cult aspect, I guess like what Sarah was saying, so many people went to these and it would kind of be like, almost like a Tony Robbins moment where like people would go mm-hmm. on stage and like yes. profess their issues. It would almost be like people were like watching them have quote unquote therapy or her approach to therapy on stage and people having all these like very emotional feelings and everything like that. And she would do like meet and greets and everything. So she Mm -hmm. sort of did frame it as she was like a truth telling celebrity and people were like overly hyped for them. They were very hyped to see her. I'm trying to think because I know that, I mean, common cult tactic, but I know there's some cult where they would kind of make you get up on stage and like relive your deepest shame. That's definitely a thing. But I mean, in Teal's defense, she obviously says it's not a cult. She says there's no financial buy-in like there is in most cults. And she says she's also like hyper aware of the perception and the risk of it becoming a cult, but she won't let it and says, the only reason that it is not steered there is because of my ethics. She says there's no financial buy-in like there is in a typical cult. There's no consequence for leaving. People do it all the time. I teach people to follow their own internal guidance system. That is probably the worst thing you could ever do if you want to have a cult. 
I like how she's saying all the, like she has like bullet points ready for the cult questions. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah she's prepared. She's prepared. What I thought was the pinnacle of irony, I think, was that the independent investigator that basically Teal hired in the deep end oh, to prove that she wasn't yeah. running a cult kind of found that she was running a cult. Well, and when she got so mad and angry when yep. they had that. Oh, it was right before that Skype call that the frog made an appearance. <laughs> we love this frog. The private investigator literally lifted up a pillow and had like a worm on a in like sticks. And I was like, what the fuck is she doing? And she like literally fed a frog that. Don't know why it was included, but. Some metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, probably. And because that was the thing where she was like, do I think you uh do I think you lead to suicide? And do I think you're a cult leader? No, and maybe. <laughs> so then like Tia was like, Oh, I'll answer all these questions now, and really like started going back and forth and back and forth with her just kind of like always trying to shut any allegation down but it's also you're shutting down your own research like yeah yeah and then once they got to the non-negotiables they didn't have much to say so that was awkward and that's like even when the investigator was like calling to get more information about this like hey so what is the deal with this they're like um you know i don't have it in front of me and yeah yeah she also like does warn people in the retreat that she's doing things that go against what modern psychology recommends, like re-experiencing memories. And again, she says that she doesn't care if someone doesn't follow her, if it's not the right thing for them, but also admits that she wants to be more spiritually influential than the Pope. So yeah, a little hard to have both of those things simultaneously. What is your back and forth? And then also she gets kind of like, if someone is like kind of, detaching or kind of like shutting her down in a meeting she gets like or in a she group got session, so she gets like very angry yeah. and combative with them which i've never heard that as a therapeutic um no <laughs> technique no that was weird when she kind of forces everybody to like list out all of her bad attributes in order to get that one woman who was kind of pulling away to like be honest that she was pulling away Oh, yeah, it was very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, totally. And um, so kind of, I feel the cult aspect and allegations and brewings is one thing. Uh, but then there's also this whole uh, suicide controversy that because of how she talks about it and sort of discusses it in depth with people not really in a mentally protective way. So in 2019, a British woman, Sarah, unfortunately lost her daughter, Casey, uh, by suicide. And she later found out that Casey had been watching Teal Swan videos and was a member of the Teal Tribe Facebook group. And on top of that, uh, this woman, uh, Leslie Wangsgaard, was very involved with the Teal Tribe. And she also died by suicide in 2012, which kind of rocked the group and caused some people to leave. I think they were kind of, maybe this might have been the first time that they were able to see what the ripple effects of their learnings and teaching could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one of the videos entitled, I want to kill myself, in parentheses, what to do if you're suicidal, Teal urges anyone experiencing suicidal thoughts to get medical help, but also says that they can think of suicide as, quote unquote, our safety net or our reset button that's always available to us, which you never want to hear anybody promoting that because what that makes it sound so it's like so insane, especially someone who would watch a video like that. Like, 
to a clickbait someone to like watch this video if you're suicidal and then tell them that very bad a to b right yeah i feel like experts say that that's kind of glamorizing it a hundred percent and glamour and being like it's a reset button when it's like what is that's not what it is right that's <laughs> not, not no no one would ever frame it as that right and also she's her defense of this is that she said when you frame it like this you can focus on how to make your life better in the present i do not know personally how she gets to that but that is where she says that that uh action will get you Mm -hmm. to she also instructs her followers to imagine their deaths in excruciating detail which she believes encourages them back towards life which again experts are like don't do that uh do not do that basically the strategy of visualizing something like that is pretty problematic since, you know, studies have linked the exercise of visualizing something as a common way people try to improve their ability or probability of doing that thing. Yeah, it's, it's almost like if you like picture yourself like, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to run a marathon, you're probably more likely to start jogging more and doing something like that. She's taking this on the fucking full flip side right and i feel like that's why even in like reports news reports of people who've died by suicide they never tell you what they did because they don't want to Mm -hmm. inspire other people to do the same thing 100 percent, yeah but she kind of thinks that that's going to encourage them back towards life i mean she does emphasize that Suicide would devastate a person's loved ones and said, you don't want to die. What you want is an end to your pain. In 2019, I think this article was, a BBC journalist joined the Teal Tribe Facebook group and found a lot of discussions of people contemplating suicide. And many members were giving advice and sending links to Teal's videos. Some sent helpline resources, but a lot of people were just giving advice Teal says that she's not a proponent of suicide at all and is trying to destigmatize it. And again, experts just point out that some of her language could be dangerous, especially to vulnerable people. Yeah, a hundred fucking percent. And in addition to those two people, there are reports of at least one other member dying by suicide. Teal claims, though, that her followers are very vulnerable and depressed, so she can't be held responsible for not saving everyone. And then she even says something like that in the doc where she's like, this is almost like a trick where if I don't save them and then they die, then I'm mad. But if I do it, people will blame me. And it's sort of like, no, because you're just doing, you're not giving anybody proper advice. Yeah. I mean, there are many people out there, I'm sure, who say that she's helped them. Mm -hmm. But it seems suspect to me. It seems very, very suspect. And also... The fact that she's still, like, actively posting as of, like, today, it seems that there is no slowing down. And I think she's just kind of going to be like, oh, this documentary just doesn't understand what we're doing. But thankfully, you all understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, it's we'll like Elizabeth to, yeah. Holmes. Like, she's like, first people doubt you, then they think you're mm-hmm. crazy, and then you change the world. Like, I kind of got the same type of vibe. Very, very, very much. And I, that's why I was kind of like, oh, my God, if, if Elizabeth Holmes was in her own documentary, we'd be getting so much more insanity from her. Yes, go watch, what is it, Bad Blood, Out for Blood? One of those. Bad Blood, I think. Yeah, one of those things. There's some some blood. One was a book, one was the 
documentary. It was a good documentary. It was a very good documentary. And also, I feel The Deep End was a good documentary. It's four episodes, and it really just kind of gave you the information you need. And I mean, it is, if you are one of those people that kind of gets annoyed that of an open-ended one, this one obviously is because there's, it's no crime be, I mean, she can't get charged with anything, I don't think, as of now. And seems like she still will have followers. But I mean, it's kind of interesting to see like where this would go. And especially like, it only came out a few months ago. So maybe it will pick up a little more steam and kind of at least hopefully help some people see different aspects and hopefully get uh, more uh, professional medical help for anything. Yeah, it's definitely I think it's well done. If you don't know very much going in, I feel Mm -hmm. like I got a pretty full picture, uh, you know, of just both sides of this argument like her defense mm-hmm. as well as what medical experts and other people and former members of her inner circle were saying i know yeah it also could did kind of remind me a little bit of the way down too with the way that gwen oh yeah let her call yeah of being just kind of like everybody is i am the most important person everybody around me you don't know what you're talking about besides me i feel like that's just cults for you that is just, well, that's a cult, yeah. And um, if it walks like a cult, and it talks like a cult, and it wants to be the Pope, pretty much <laughs> a cult. Yeah. Oh, God. I, 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 I. But yeah, let us know what you guys thought about this one. And I know, I mean, if you guys are not uh, sick of us doing some documentary episodes and kind of unpacking the case, I think Girl in the Picture we might do next week because I'm scared because everyone everyone's been DMing us at Not Other True Crime and number one, they've said it's a lot to follow. There's a ton going on and it's also okay. really, really sad. So Ugh, if we pull a okay. last minute switch on you all, don't be upset. Sometimes when I just see a sad thing, I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to like sit in the dark after watching it. Because it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> That'll be the podcast. It'll just be silence for like. It'll be like ASMR tears. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, it's still like to this day, whenever someone asks me like, oh my God, did you just see Dear Zachary? I was like, I literally can't talk about that. Oh my God. So I, I like- still have not watched that to that day because I watched mm-hmm. the Gabriel Fernandez documentary. But actually, you know what? I will never forget even more was the Chris Watts documentary. Um, that one I actually had to like take crying pauses because that one was truly heart wrenching. I mean, they all are, but that particularly just like really got me. Some of them just really have from like how it's made and the story behind yeah. it really just gets you. So yeah, TBD on the girl in the picture. Actually, you know, now maybe we'll just maybe we'll find a uh, someone who scammed some some rich people as an, as a palate cleanser after this. Honestly, Erica Jane was just slapped with like a huge oh. racketeering lawsuit. Mm-hmm. After getting off the airport. Which... After she spent a whole season like, I did nothing wrong and I have nothing to prove. <laughs> yeah, after she's like, well, now I'm innocent. And everyone's like, are you? She's like, the charges were dropped. I was like, they actually were just moved. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone so can she's... like refile charges. It's not like you were acquitted in a trial. No, like it's still actively very much nice. going on. And she that the, the way that she got slapped with it after saying the episode that aired was saying that she's like, oh, I'm just not divon- divorcing Tom because I don't want to pay him alimony. So it's like, you're not adding any sympathy to whatever card you think you're dealing with here. Right. It's like he supported you for 20 years. Yeah. And she's like, his care facility fucking sucks. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then like his her lawyer or like a lawyer bought their old house. I saw that. Yeah, very bizarre shit is going on. I don't know what's going on, but I am excited to watch it. I'm actually a little bit behind. (laughs) Ooh, okay, yeah. So definitely catch up on that. 
Uh, but yeah, let us know. I mean, we'll TBD on the girl in the picture, but if there's any other cases that you guys are thinking you really want us to cover, uh, let us know. And also, uh, I mean, even, you know, it could be a good, I usually say to leave them in not in a true crime group, but if you want to switch it up this time and leave what case you think we should cover in a review of mm. our podcast with five stars, <laughs> I'm not going to review a case that has four stars, <laughs> five stars. And then I will finally look at their uh, reviews for the first time after this episode comes out. Uh, and that would be, uh, that could work for us. And you could also follow me on Instagram at Casmer Danny, Casmer with a K. You can follow me at Sarah Lameem. Oh my God, I forgot to tell you guys that I did see Funny Girl finally. Oh. But it's okay. This is How? not the Broadway review podcast. Okay. 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 I'm, uh, yes. Okay. We do have some updates for next time because I saw Funny Girl. Danny, finally, the Adele show got rescheduled. <sighs> So we yes. have to see about that. So we'll we'll talk about that yeah, next time up you know, top. If we talk about scammers, Adele might come up. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Danny has a personal vendetta, and I kind of love it. Oh, a big one, big one. <laughs> but in any case, follow us on Instagram. Not another true crime. I put together a little summer reading list of some Ooh. thrillers, some little twisty mysteries. It's in the highlights. Twisty mysteries. Twisty yes. mysteries. Yeah, that's my new psychological thriller themed restaurant. <laughs> Ooh, and it's everything served on a lazy Susan. Yes, love it. Or is she lazy, but also a murderer? Who knows? <laughs> exactly. So um, follow us on Instagram, <laughs> not another true crime. And thank you for listening. As always, we'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.